Father, we give you praise. Thank you for understanding. Lord, thank you for insight. Thank you for the righteousness that we have in Christ Jesus. Lord, we give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As we go into the study of your word, Lord, from you, we receive understanding today in Jesus' name. Amen. We receive insight in the name of Jesus. Amen. And for that reason, we declare as follows. Let's go. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, and pleasing him in all respects, and bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word, for what is entering my heart, to give me light and direction. It is leading me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Can you just turn around, greet three, four people, tell them understanding that God's gift to you today again. Greet somebody else, say understanding that's God's gift to you today, in the name of Jesus. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe, you give me an amen. amen. Okay, let's open our Bibles to the book of Psalms. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Can we all rise to our feet to read it? I'd like us to read it together. If you are ready, say amen. amen. One, two, let's go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for the Lord is with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Now, let's read verse 1 again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. Amen. All right, let's take our seats. All right, we have been looking at um, the fact that God must be magnified in our lives for us to experience his power in us. And I want us to continue looking at something today, all right? And that's the fact that God is the supplier. There's something that Jesus said at a particular point in time, and I want us to quickly read it. I think it would be good to use that to continue our discussion. The Lord Jesus, at a point in time, he said to us, we must not call anybody father, which I find, I mean, I don't know whether it never bothered you. I used to wonder what that was supposed to mean. Matthew chapter 23 now, let's just, for time's sake, I'll just um, get quickly to the area that we really want. Let me just start from verse um, 2. Jesus was speaking. He said, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe, but do not do according to their deeds. For they say things and do not do them. Now, let me jump to verse um, 6. They love the place of honor at banquets and the chief seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces, being called rabbi by men. And I said, 
but do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, and you are all brothers. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. Do not be called leaders, for one is your leader, that is Christ. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. Let me just take a minute and explain what the Lord Jesus was saying here so that we don't get confused. You will see, alright, when he says, don't be called, what he was saying is that you should not desire, he was not giving a commandment that nobody should ever call anybody something. I hope you are getting my point. That's what people make a mistake about sometimes. Like now I said, don't, when he was saying that, don't be called this, that is, don't, he was contrasting this with what the Pharisees and the scribes the way they live their lives. He said that they love the prominent places in the synagogues. They love the place of honor at banquets and the chief seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Verse 6, he says, these are the things that they love. And he was now saying, teaching his people, don't love those things. I hope you're getting my point. Your desire should not be to be called a rabbi. Your desire should not be for people to look up to you. Don't work for those things. Your primary assignment, your primary thought process must be to be a servant. How can you serve must be the things that you are looking out for. Alright? Because you see, the, the word of God is a total package. You must understand it. Because if it was like this, you know, there, there are times it says, give honor to whom honor is due. I hope you are getting my point. So you must understand the way life is. You don't desire the place of honor. But when you find people that you should honor, are you getting my point? Give them the honor as is appropriate. His focus here was that don't make the mistake of setting your eyes on you know, human positions. Don't put your eyes on those things. That's what the Lord was trying to teach us. Now please, where I'm reading this is where he says that, where I'm reading it is where he says that, um, do not call anyone on earth your father. Now think about it. Did he not say honor your father and your mother? <laughs> Isn't it, it's, not, it's not the same person that gave us that instruction. Honor your father and your mother. He's now saying that don't call anybody on earth your father. It will appear as if it's a contradiction. But like I say all the time, the word of God is a total thing. Read it from the beginning to the end. I like one thing David Pawson we encourage. And I learned this one actually. I learned this actually long ago when I was in university. And that's that if you want to read the Bible, the book of the Bible, try and take it from the beginning to the end in a simple translation. I don't have anything against the King James Bible as in it's not an evil Bible. But I just don't understand why people read the Bible in a language they don't speak. A man like Derek Prince says he likes King James because he actually speaks the language. You understand? I mean, he was a philosopher. He, these are people who read Shakespeare and all of that. So the language makes meaning to them. When I see an average no Nigerian man who's even still Shane Shepherd, you know, <laughs> now picking a King James Bible to read. I keep, I wonder, why do you want to do that to yourself? I, really, really. I, listen, I've read all kinds of versions of the Bible. My one brother used to laugh at me in school because I read the Good News Bible. That I, it's a small boy Bible I'm reading. My own, that's your problem. The important thing is I understood it. Because then I will pick my King James, Romans chapter 3. Try and read Romans chapter 3 in King James when you don't speak Elizabethan English. Don't lie to me. You don't understand it. Because by the time you finish speaking the English up and down, (laughs) 
You now see people deriving strange doctrines from words they misunderstood. I always tell you simply, read the Bible is not, it's not a textbook. It's a communication book. I hope you're getting my point. But it's not meant to be hard. It was written so you could understand certain instructions. So what I say to people is this. Take a Bible. Take a simple translation. Alright? Hey, don't let me get... Okay, we are teaching. We keep teaching. Take a tr- simple translation that's as accurate as possible. And make it your standard. Now, I, I recommend three Bibles. The one I just mentioned, make it your standard reading Bible. Then get a very simple one. Very simple Bibles are usually not very accurate in their rendering. Okay? If you're a Bible teacher, you, they are, you have to get something else. Okay? But get very simple Bibles, like what they call paraphrases. Good news is good in that regard. New Living Translation is good in that area. Message Bible is a good explanation of the Bible. All right? It ex- tries to explain the Bible. I really don't consider it a translation. I consider it closer to, for me, it's more like a, a running commentary that tries to use the words of the Bible. Okay? Then there are some that are very, very, they try to be very accurate in translation. All right? And if you, so if you use the older version of uh, New American Standard, it falls in that category. All right? Um, no, NIV is not in that category. NIV is somewhere a bit towards the middle. Uh, if you use something like Reverse Standard Version, uh-huh. but they are a bit difficult to read. Their language is a bit antiquated also. It's getting a bit antiquated. So in the middle, personally, I find things like New American Standard a bit towards the conservative end of the middle, and I find NIV a bit towards the modern end of the middle. That's why I say it. So I recommend for everybody get one in the one end, get one in the other. That is, get one towards the conservative end and one towards the 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 not liberal, please, modern end. You understand? I don't want to use the word liberal. There's no game arranged in the Bible, amen. Now. <laughs> So, <laughs> I want towards the um, modern end, and then the Amplified Bible. That's the third one. It doesn't have any, any, it's the only one. Amplified is Amplified. There's nothing else apart from the Amplified. That's just my own personal recommendation. Okay, that's the aside. That's not part of our message, but we'll keep on dropping these things once in a while to help people. So, uh, that I, I read, of course, I, because I'm a Bible teacher, I use a lot of translations, a lot of translations. Okay? But basically, for regular study, I have three like that. And my three are New American Standard, New Living Translation, and Amplified. Those are the three I use. New American Standard, New Living Translation, and the Amplified. But of course, if you read, if you hear me teach on um, Ecclesiastes, you see I focus more on good news. Because I found out that there are a lot of beautiful things inside it. Okay, And then when I was writing the book um, on it, I had to use a World English Bible. For this reason that it is good and you don't need any copyright you know, issue on World English Bible. You can quote the whole Bible without giving any credit to anybody. Since I needed to quote the whole book of the Bible, that was just perfect for me. So we read a lot of it and of course other commentaries here and there. So if you want to read it, back to where we began this from, okay? So if you want to understand scripture, the, the scriptures, I recommend take a simple version. Read that book from the beginning to the end. If you take a book like Hebrews in pieces, you won't get the point. You will not get the point. The book of Hebrews, you need to start from the beginning, straight till the end. It's when you get to the end, you know what he was trying to say. 
Because it's one thought to another. It's building up. If you stop somewhere, you might miss the flow. So I recommend you want to read the book of Hebrews. Start from the beginning and go straight to the end. In a simple Bible like Good News, New Living Translation, even NIV is good enough for that. Just go straight. Don't stop. Or what I say don't stop is that just aim to finish everything so that you don't miss the train of thought. One thing led to another throughout the, the book. Okay? The same thing if Paul is writing. Sometimes in Paul, you can see where he interrupted. Like in the book of Galatians, there's no interruption. It's good morning, everybody. What's wrong with you people there? Okay, okay I'm done. Don't, nobody should disagree with me again. That's it. You cannot interrupt <laughs> Galatians. It's beginning straight to the end. Corinthians, you can, because he, take, he was taking different things. You address this issue, he's done with that. Go to another issue, he's done with that. Ephesians, again, try and get the whole thing first before you now start taking it piece by bit by bit. Ephesians is just um, is a book of doctrine that he decided to write. So there are a few places where you can break. But generally, any book you want to read, read it from the beginning to the end in a simple translation, you will get the general gist of it. Then you can now start, uh, start doing your detailed analysis and all of that, taking it bit by bit, going slow here and there. That's just um, a simple advice for people who want to study the scriptures so that you don't miss, you don't quote things out of context. You, you interpret things in the context in which they were spoken. Back to where we went into all of that, okay? That's just an aside. So the Lord Jesus was saying something to us here. When he said, do not be called father or don't call anybody father, the same person said, honor your father and your mother. Do you get my point? Uh-huh. And there's nothing wrong with that. There was a time he said, he, he used words like, who are my brothers? Who are my, you know, things like that. You know, r- relationships were important. So how do you call your earthly father? Except that you call him what? A father, you understand? And Paul would say that I begat you, you know, in the preaching, through the preaching of the gospel. And you call people my sons. You call Timothy his son in the gospel. So the using words to describe relationships definitely was not what the Lord Jesus was saying. What was he talking about? This is my understanding of it. He was explaining the source of life. Never look at anybody as a source of life. Never look at anybody as a, the keeper of your existence. Do you get my point? Never. That's the point he was trying to make here. That's the way I understand it. So when he says that, look, don't call anyone on earth father or your father. What he was saying is that, look, you know, let me give you an example. One man did it in the Bible. When um, Elijah was about to die, you know, was it Elijah or Elisha? Elisha, sorry. Elijah did not die. How could it have been Elijah? Elijah did not die. It was Elisha. When Elisha was about to die, you know, there was something that the king said to him. He said, my father, my father, the horsemen, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Now, that statement is a kind of statement I believe that Jesus said he should not make. That king made it. I don't believe the Lord wanted him to make it. Now, what was he saying? The man said, I mean, Elisha was about to die. Elisha sent for the, the king, and the man came, <laughs> you know, the man came to him. And his comment was, my father, my father, the, horse, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he called a human being that. That was not God's will. A man did it in the Bible does not mean it was right. Too. I hope you get my point. Many people did crazy things in the Bible. For example, David took Bathsheba. Was that correct? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> don't say, but it's in the Bible. <laughs> no, no, no. There are a lot of crazy people in the Bible too. But, so this is my understanding of it. The Lord did, was not happy 
with what the man did. When he told him, when he said, my father, my father. What was he trying to say? That his own idea was that Elisha was about to die. Where will we get help from now? I hope you're getting my point. Where are we going to? Because Elisha, he saw Elisha by that statement as a man who was responsible for the protection of Israel. Alright? He saw Elisha as a man who was responsible for the defense. That's why I called him my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. You know what the meaning of chariots? That's the army. Okay? That we were talking about the cavalry of Israel, the foot soldiers of Israel. He described all of that in one individual. And these are, these are, um, these are titles you don't give to people. That's what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, don't call anybody, you know, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Defender of Israel. A man is dying. David said, from whence comes my help? My help comes from where? My help comes from where? My help comes from where? The Lord. David was emphatic about that. Now, what am I trying to explain here? So, you see, Joash saw Elisha as a defender of Israel. Joash saw Elisha as a source of protection for Israel. And this is what I understand God was saying. Never look at any human being like that. Now, you see what we're talking about today. Remember what we're talking about is what? Magnifying the Lord. Magnifying the Lord. That's what we've been talking about. I need to say something quickly. Was Elisha important in the life of Israel? Most certainly. Was Elisha instrumental in the defense of Israel? Yes, God used him. But at no point in time did God expect anybody to look at Elisha as a defender of Israel. Please, I hope you are getting my point here. Let's go, let's go into it again. Like Jesus Christ said that there's only one father. What was he saying also? Like David said in Psalm 121. He said that my help comes from the Lord. The Lord Jesus was saying to us, understand that your life comes from the Lord, not from any human being. Listen to this. If anybody is helping, you know, there's something that Jesus said at the point in time. He said, there is none good but God. There is none good but God. What was, what was the point I was trying to make there? That he listen in life, if anybody does you good, or does good to you, or for you, God used the person. There is none good but God. I hope you are getting my point. If you work in a particular place and they pay you very well and they pay you very regularly and very generous, you know what God is saying? There is no good but God. I said something last time, I need to say it again. What you believe is reflected, is most expressed in how you behave, not even in how you talk. Of course, your talk, you know, will reflect what you believe. But even for yourself, you know what there's something that James said? He said, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. What does that mean? If you hear a lot, you know, remember we said knowledge. We said it before. Knowledge does what? Pops up. It gives you the wrong impression that you know. It gives you the wrong impression that you believe. So James said, make sure you are a doer of the word. That is what you are doing that really is the truth. It's not what you think you know. Not what you have heard before. I've, I remember one lady I was counseling with. Well, not really counseling, but we're just talking, we're standing, just telling me, this was many years ago. I, but I still have that, I remember that experience because it was so odd. So, you know, she would tell me a number of things, and 
Of course, I was a Bible teacher, so I'm standing, we're kind of waiting outside, you know, to talk to maybe my pastor those days. So we're just standing outside, just gisting. So she happened to be standing beside me, somebody I know, we're just talking, telling me about her challenges and everything. So I now began to bring out scripture just to help, you know, that kind of thing. And every scripture that I will quote, she will finish it for me. I don't know whether I get my point. Before I started, she had finished it, like, that one, I know that one. I remember one particular one. I said, I wanted to explain that David encouraged himself in the Lord. He said, is it not Ziglag? I remember very well. She told me Ziglag. So after a while, I kept quiet. This was somebody who was discouraged. I remember she complained about this. Her father did this. Her life did this. This one did not happen. This one is happening. And I was saying all kinds of stories. And I was trying to say, okay, the Bible says, just try, you know. Before I finish quoting one, she tell me. I remember that one. I just said, David, is this not Ziglag? She told me Ziglag. So after Ziglag, I kept quiet. The point I'm making is this. You know Ziglag, but you are discouraged. You know Ziglag, you are complaining. You know Ziglag, it's not as if we're particularly very friendly. or We just happen to be... We attend the same church quite all right, but that we just happen to be standing near each other. Yet I've had all your life... Con- all your life complaints. You told me all the troubles of your soul. Yet you know Ziglag. If I say be careful for nothing, he said in supplication and thanks, you let your request. You finish it for me. Ah. Oh, I still remember that. Now I, I, I left the matter. What am I going to say? It is not how what you have in your head as knowledge is how you behave as a result of what you have imbibed. This is where I'm going. So. Everybody should like the place you walk. I mean, like, you should have respect and honor for where you walk. Amen? Now, is the place your source? Is that your father? My father, my father, the chariots of my pocket and the horsemen of my bank. Are you getting my point? Is that what you think or not? Wait till the day you lose the job. Let's see how you react. I hope you're getting my point. That is what shows what you really believe. One sister met me some time ago. (laughs) I went to preach in their place. So after the meeting, she requested to speak with me. All right, we're talking. So she sat down. After a while, I got up. I said, please, I don't have any time for you. I'm going. <laughs> she liter- literally held my hand and pulled me back like, oh, God, don't go. <laughs> I said, I don't talk to people like you. What was my problem with her? She told me how she would dream one dream. And one prophet would give one interpretation. The prophet will call her and say that I, I, I had the revelation that you lost your job. You need to sow a seed to secure it. And she happened to be working in the place where they pay very well. So I got tired of all the prophets, all the discussion between her and the prophets. So I really got tired. That's why I got up at the point. I said, listen, my dear sister, I don't have time for people like you. So I got up to leave. I said, were you not there when I was preaching all this while? What is all of this prophet and revelation? What has it got to do with me? I just want you tie God's hands, tie God's legs with offering. It's not as if you have, if, I, if you came to tie God's leg with offering with me, I would, I would check whether the chain is long. <laughs> just kidding. But people have been collecting your money up and down. So what do you now want me to do? Now, this is where I'm going. You know the answer? When, when, it, was, when it was now my turn, that this, when I said, like, let, this is my own counsel to give you. I said, next time you dream that you lost your job, you know what you should do? Tell the devil, take it. I don't want to. Here, you want to work in my office. Come and take the job. That was, you know, there's this uh, 
Father, we claim this job. Whatever God has done it shall be forever. There are prayers I don't pray. A job cannot be forever. Don't lie. You will retire one day. Won't you retire one day? Forget the fire, whether they fire you or not. But retire, you must retire. You think your cops can walk in the place? Any enemy that wants to take what you have done for your son, today, we declare them frustrated. You know, there are things I don't say amen to. As you are praying that prayer, I'm looking at you like this. Pastor, all of this sweat is because of money. Let's not deceive ourselves. As you are cursing and binding, if they go to open refinery tomorrow, and he offers this child of God, production manager job, you know all your prayer, you say, Lord, unwind that prayer, unwind that prayer. We lose you in the name of Jesus. Move to another. I said, Why is all this binding? So that day I told my sister, I said, My dear sister, next time the thoughts come to you that you're about to lose your job, tell the devil simply, I would gladly leave my seat if you are willing to sit on it. Take it. Don't say I rebuke you. I'm not rebuking anything. I said, All this rebuking, rebuking is why you are not sleeping well. You know why? Your life is. Affected by fear. It's called the fear of death. Fear, death is not only when you, somebody falls down and starts breathing. The fear of loss. Are you getting my point? There's only Robert Kiyosaki said. I like that quote from Robert Kiyosaki. He said, I know, you know, he was talking about doing business, owning your own business and all of that. I'm not teaching on business. I just want to bring out something that the man said. Robert Kiyosaki said, that I know many poor people that have never lost a dime. They've never lost money. He said, but I don't know any rich man that has never lost money. You see where I'm going? He was trying to explain something. That if you are going to do something, there's always a risk of loss. That you will lose. That is not a big deal. What he just advocates is lose the money, don't lose the lesson. That every loss, you will see a lesson inside that you will learn. What was he trying to say? That the fear of loss is why some people never do anything in their lives. They will tell you a bird in hand is worth two in the bush. Maybe it's worth two, but is it worth ten in the bush? Is it worth twenty in the bush? I hope you're getting my point here. Some, and that's what Solomon was saying. He said, cast your bread upon many waters. What was he trying to say? There's what is called the fear of death. That's what Robert Kiyosaki was referring to. That people, because of fear of loss, many times they don't invest their money in anything. So you're always looking for natural security. And many times when we start praying, it is the natural security we have found that we want to keep. So there are those who say, this year you will not lose your job. Pastors, pastors are praying. People will shout, Amen. Now you will sow a special seed that God, this job you have given me, I must never lose it. I know what they are saying. This job, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. That's what they are calling the job. So you see prayers. There are things that look like prayer. Honestly, it's only God that knows the prayer that's passing through the roof. There are many prayers that are not going anywhere. There are prayers prayed that we are saying to God, replace yourself in my life. Lord, right now that I work for this big company and they pay me millions every year, May I never lose the job. Everybody begin to pray in the name of Jesus. And Jesus said, never call your office father. Serve them faithfully. I hope you're getting my point. Anything they give to you, 
raise it up to the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you because you sent this. And if for any reason tomorrow I leave that place, you are still faithful. I hope you're getting my point. You are still faithful. You've just closed one door. You, God, we open another. Please, I hope you're getting my point here. That was what Jesus was saying when he said, don't call anybody father. And that is the reason why the fear of death would not cause you to commit iniquity. What do I mean by fear of death? The fear of loss. You know, we've explained what loss is now, or what death may be. The fear of loss would not allow you or will not compel you to do that which is wrong. So one of your guys says, listen, we need to, we need to rearrange these accounts. Say so this man, like my wife had one boss those days. Anything he tells you to do, he always adds one word to it. It's an appraisal, appraisal issue. My wife used to work in UBA when we first came to Enugu. She was working in internal control. The head of internal control that time. It was one day one boy dead him. Appraiser will go die. <laughs> Wait a minute. Ma- <coughs> in fact, <laughs> remember that, is it that calabar boy? <laughs> They say a guy is calling you, he refused to get up. There's nothing, he said, what is he going to say? He's not an appraiser. Let him write anything he likes. Everything, he, he said, appraisal issue. So sometimes you're supposed to do what is right. The man wants to do what is wrong. And you are afraid of what? Appraisal issue. That was a man's statement all the time. Appraisal issue. And many of us are controlled by appraisal issue. Do what is right. No, okay, it's an appraisal issue. It's called the fear of death. What are we preaching today? We are magnifying God. And Jesus said, you have only one father. What should we have told that king of Israel? What is his name? Joash. We should have told the king of Israel, Elisha may die, but God does not die. I hope I get my point. God does not sleep. He does not slumber. Elisha, do you know Elisha fell sick and died? Oh, oh, you're not aware. Read, read your Bible now. It's there. Second, King, uh, Second Kings chapter what? Thirteen. Yes, we're, we're open there. Yes. Verse fourteen. When Elisha became sick with the illness of which he was to die, did you notice that? My father, my father, he fell sick. The chariots of Israel, he fell sick. The horsemen thereof, he died. You know what God said? Why do you regard man? Even if he's a prophet, his breath is in his nostrils. David said, my help comes from where? From the Lord. That's what I'm preaching this evening. You know, we're magnifying God. We are putting him in the right place. That's why you never, ever... You know, once my brother applied for... My mother told me that my brother applied for work somewhere. So, that was an NPC. So, I said, ah... What concerns him with petroleum business? Because I know him. I know the kind of thing he likes. Apparently, it was them, the family that NMPC was advertising that he should apply for work. Because a young, young man just finished um, NYSE, studied engineering. I said, no, all business doesn't concern this guy. He doesn't like that kind of thing. My mother said, ah, you know, uh, the things of government. Now, don't blame my mother. She's a very good woman. Amen? Amen. She's 80 years old. Now, she turned 80 a few days ago. So you can understand that her generation career was government work. I hope you're getting my point. <laughs> when you finish school, the first place you wanted to work was where? And they told that it was secure. And really, government job is generally very secure. 
naturally speaking. Government workers are so difficult to fire. That's why they misbehave. I've been head of department in government in a government institution for a very long time. That is off and on the way we do in our place. One of the things that annoys you the most is that you can't fire people. The procedure for firing them is so difficult. First, you must give the person three queries. Then you now forward the three. That's before. That's before. That's the minimum before it, it gets management attention. The management will now consider a panel. By which time, Igwe has come to see you. <laughs> By which time. Pastor has come to see you. By which time the community masquerade is dancing in front of your house. <laughs> so when they say government job is secure, you don't blame those who say it. No matter how lazy you are. One day a man was caught stealing. Stealing. Literal stealing. Stealing. All they did was to transfer him from one unit to another. My mother and I said, you know, government work. It's very, very secure. It's good. So I turned to my mother. I said, Mom, you know, Nightel used to be government worker. <laughs> That's where I'm going. I said, Nightel used to be government work. Is anybody that ever worked in Nightel here? Because all of you are too young. Maybe we have people who are like 10 years older than this average who will get working in Nightel. And you know, Nightel workers at that time, they were kings. You see one low-level technician. You see big men in society telling him, good morning, sir. And he's like, okay, should be able to reach your house before this time next week. And I like, ah, sir, please, sir, you know, sir, no, 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 no. And he looks at your hand, okay, we should be here tomorrow morning as he's putting, spotting his pocket. Then God said, thus far and no further. And fired everybody. What am I trying to say? That day I told my mother, I said, wait, Nighter was government work. There is nothing that is secure in this life. That's the point we are making. There is nothing that is secure. So you can never call anyone father. That's what Jesus was teaching us. Don't call anybody father. Don't call your office father. No matter how good the job is, no matter how secure it is, don't call it father. I like the Bakari story. Once it was, it used to go to redeem. RCCG. So, Pastor Adeboe was the pastor of the church. So, Pastor Adeboe will get announcement at the end of the day. Our new pulpit, we need more money. The new keyboard, we need more money. The church roof, we need more money. Ah! So, one day he went off to Pastor Adeboe and said, Pastor, all this announcement for money will not be necessary if you only pray that God should bless me. So, the man of God prayed that God will bless this now man of God. You know, he was not the man of God that time. I know what happened to him. He went to work the following week and they fired him. Tell your neighbor, don't call anyone father. Don't call any office father. They fired the man. So he came back to church to see pastor. Say, pastor, bless you. didn't calculate that prayer well. They, you tuned the frequency wrongly. The idea was you should pray that God should bless me financially. I'm not saying that I should increase my holiness. What I said is that <laughs> because when they start, maybe the man thinks you prayed for increase in holiness. And that maybe he thought that poverty was for purification. Which is not, except you are covetous. Are you getting my point? Uh-huh. He says, sir, you didn't get a prayer right. 
So he showed the pastor the sack letter. And the pastor roared in laughter. He said that day he felt like shooting the man of God. That thank God we don't carry guns in Nigeria. He was so angry. My life just came to an end and you are laughing. My promotion that I've been planning for just came to an end and you find it funny. Meanwhile, you are responsible for the, <laughs> for the wrongly calculated prayer. He said, Pastor Yadibo, you told him, you don't understand. The kind of wealth you said we should pray for, nobody pays it as a salary. So it was necessary for God that you leave that place. After all, if Joseph did not leave home, he would never have been a prime minister. Which of his brothers did anything serious apart from have the next generation as children? I hope you're getting my point here. I hope you know Levi was not a priest. It's his descendants that are priests. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> what did they do? The only person that did anything significant in that house was Joseph. I know the, you know the boy who took his position when he traveled? Who is that? What is his name? Are you sure? Pronounce it again. Okay. When they divided Israel into Israel and Judah. Why did they call it Judah? Judah is actually Judah and Benjamin. You know that? Why did they call it Judah? Because Benjamin is so small. As a tribe that is smallest in Israel. There was a time they almost wiped them out. What I'm going to say, the man who went and replaced Joseph in enjoying himself in the house, he became so tiny. What am I going to say? All the boys who sat at home, what did they become? I'm sorry to say, nothing. It was just their descendants that God dealt with. That God had use for. The only man that became anything important in this generation then, who was it? Joseph. Joseph became so important, God doubled his... his uh, you know he's the one that got the birthright. Yeah. The double portion. Double portion belongs to the firstborn. Joseph was so blessed, they gave him a double portion in the inheritance of Jacob. Because Jacob said, henceforth, you will not be my son. Your two sons will be my sons. So when they were sharing Israel, they became two tribes in Israel. Ephraim and Manasseh. What am I trying to say? Until they fired the boy from his father's bosom, he was not going to become anything. That also happened to him. So that day, the pastor told Tunde Bakari, he said, listen, my friend, what you said you wanted God to do in your life, he doesn't do it when you are still hiding in your father's house. Do you get my point? So now let's sell you into Egypt. That's how the man lost his job. I went to go and pray. Let's make a long story short. The first, because a lawyer, the first job he got after he lost his job, Paid him what he used to earn, I think, in two years. If I'm mistaken, then it's 12 months. But the way I remember, I think, they paid him what he used to earn in two years. Tell your neighbor, don't call any job father. Let's emphasize it again. You know why we read Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. My office is not my shepherd. The country I live in is not my shepherd. Nigeria is not my shepherd. Federal government is not my shepherd. 
Please, I hope you are getting my point. The company I work for is not my shepherd. So if they fold up tomorrow, remember what you, how you behave shows what you really believe. Please, you owe it to God not to cry. You owe it to God to just wonder what happened. And they're like, what happened? Now, wow. They folded up. Wow. Oh, I feel so sorry for the MD, man. I feel so sorry for the board. What happened to them? Are we owing money? You are, and the other members of staff will be looking at you like, are you alright? We all work here. He say yes. I don't know. Where we, what were we watching when we allowed this to happen? People are going to lose their jobs, man. I know for a while they'll be wondering, do you work here? <laughs> and they say, excuse me, please. What you are, I don't understand. Are you not losing your job too? They say, oh, well, come on, don't worry about it. This is just today's means of supply. When God closes one door, he, he, the other one is already open. So where's the door? When I get home, I'll find it. Let me tell you something. Even if you have to act what I'm saying, act it. It's better to be acting this in hypocrisy than to be sincerely talking nonsense. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. He said, what if that's not how you feel? Act it. I can imagine some people in that day, they saw giants, and they're afraid, but they went to Caleb side. Caleb said, we can take them. They said, yeah, we can take them. They will survive. I hope you know they will have survived. But there are some people who were not so sure. But since the majority said, we can't go. Let me join the majority. They said, we can't go. What happened? They died. So it's better to act faithfulness than to be sincere in stupidity. It's ritually now. Go there and pretend, in quote, that you are not worried. You know what you are doing? You are fighting the worry. I like one thing Higgins said that. He said that once he was having serious heart symptoms at night. The wrong time to have symptoms is at night. I don't know how you have felt before, but whether you have ever felt it before. Normal pain that during the day is not a big deal. At night, you feel you have died. So at night, he was having serious heart symptoms. And there's a man that knew what it was. He almost died from it as a young boy. So he began to have a conversation in his heart. And the devil was talking to him. He said, this time you are not going to get healed. He said, he started laughing. He said, this was how I was laughing. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. He said, it sounded just that dry. That the laughter was put up. It was just a put on thing. It was just pretending. He didn't find it funny. He wasn't sleeping. His chest was paining him. His heart was not beating right. Ha, 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 ha. He said, devil, I'm laughing at you. Why am I laughing? Because you said, or why are you laughing? Because you said I will not get healed. He said, you are right. I'm not going to get healed. Ha, 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 ha. He said, why? Because I am already healed. It's only those who are sick that want to get healed. I am already healed, so leave it like that. He said he laughed himself to sleep. He woke up in the morning, he was totally fine. But the whole laughter was, it, it didn't feel like it. If he went by the way he felt, he would have been crying. My enemies from the village, what did I do? Yeah, God, oh, job, Seriously. So everybody saying that, ah, what are we going to do? You say, ah, we will give the Lord praise. Lift your hands, start singing one song. Whether you feel like it or not, sing it like that. In quote, in quote now, pretend like you have faith. It's better to pretend like you have faith 
than to expose that you don't have it at all. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. What am I trying to illustrate here? That is how we behave at such times shows who we are calling Father. Let me say this again. There is none good but God. Somebody say it. There is none good but God. Say it again. I need to explain this. Why people get confused? Is that God uses different methods to provide? What did I say? God uses different methods to, to provide. One method he uses, which is the most common, is that you sow, you reap. What do I mean by you sow, you reap? Okay, let's have a physical sowing. You buy land, you plant corn, three months later, you harvest it. Another physical sowing, you go to the bank, you borrow 10 million naira, you have very good skill, you know what you want to do in investment, or what you want to buy, what you want to manufacture, what you want to sell, whatever it is, you invest the 10 million, after six months, you've made 18 million, pay the bank their, their own portion of it, pay your staff, pay everybody, you pocket 5 million naira, and you can do it again. You take another 15 million, you put it down again, you start all over again, you keep on doing it, and one day you have 100 million. It's called what? Sowing and reaping. There's a time to sow, there's a time to what? To reap. There is a season for sowing, there is a season for harvest. But the problem with it is this. After a while, you will think, like David said, Moses said, that the strength of my might has brought me this wealth. He said, thou shalt remember, it is the Lord thy God that is giving you what? The power to get wealth. Now, what am I trying to say? Even though you can see the cycle, it is still God. I, go and look for a message that I preached many long ago, titled The Simplicity of Divine Intervention. When God does great things for you, it will look predictable. That's why many countries right now, they are just insulting him every day. The Red Prince said something once. He said the Lord told him then that he was going to judge America because he has been too good to them. That is, he said, I have been good to America. And now, I've seen enough in life to know God was just, had just been good to that country. It's a beautiful country. Very big country. You know, once I was, this was some years ago, I was with my friend, went to go and look for something. In one, undeve- you know, like outskirts of town, that part of town was not well developed. Went to a, actually like a car shop or something, or a parts, where they sell used parts, something. We're looking for a critical part of a particular vehicle. So very difficult to find. So anyway, we went to a new part of town. This was in Houston. So I looked at the trees. You know, so this area was not well de- was not developed. So you got to that after that bush, you know. So I looked. I said, "Did they plant these trees? The trees there?" I said, Are they planted. He said, "No, that is normal tree." I said, "What? Nobody planted this?" He said, "No, they are not planted. This is normal." See, the trees look. They were they were growing very. Do you know what I mean? Straight in rows. I said, you mean this country was fine before this, what they call a land flowing with milk and honey. I said, oh, so it is not even these white men that made it fine. No, that the country was fine before they came. That day I looked. I said, no wonder they built houses with trees. In Nigeria, for us to do such things, from time we're using mud. Do you know why? Our trees, they grow straight. <laughs> Go and check them. Average, they grow, they grow, they grow straight. Before I reach I don't collect six branches. Go like, the branch will branch and bend. <laughs> You've seen parts of our country where they never touch. The trees are rough. The trees are very rough. But go to a place like United States that they've never touched. The trees are straight. They grow straight. So they can cut them down those days and build what they call log cabins. 
Log cabins were easy to build because the logs were straight. But our own, we respected ourselves. We left the log alone, collected mud. So we did all our houses with what? With mud. It's technology. We thank God for it. I want to explain something to you here. There is no place that is fine because the people are smart. Unfortunately, when God is blessing people and giving them wisdom and giving them the ability to do things, you know what they think? We did it. So they build beautiful roads. And they look down at a country like Africa and say, all these shithole countries. Thinking that, you know, people have said that the problem with Africa is corruption. It's not true. Americans are very, look, when did they solve their corruption issue? I hope you know this recently. As at the 80s, eh? Boy, mafia was ruling New York now. The mafia. They ruled New York. They control construction. They said, so if you're talking about corruption, don't think that corruption, and it couldn't stop them from developing. I remember, the, I have this, um, this uh, series on the men who built America. And you'll see when Andrew Carnegie, um, J.P. Morgan, and John D. Rockefeller put money together to install a president. Oh. <laughs> Listen. There were times that, maybe like in a place like New York, one third of their New York force, uh, police department went to prison because all of them were taking money from drug dealers. Until body comes and come caught us and all of that came on. Do you know what policemen were doing to people? Beat somebody to death, write a report. There's one policeman that went to, is in prison now, finally sentenced to, I think, to, to, to jail for second degree murder. One young boy was carrying a knife. He shot him, I think, maybe nine or 13 times. And he started firing within a few seconds of arriving at the scene of the crime. What was the boy doing? Cutting tire of car. He wasn't attacking anybody. The, the young black boy, 17 years or so, so, young teenage black boy, just walking on the road, just cutting cast tires, just being naughty. Somebody called the police on him. That's not the gist. The gist are all the men reported that he attacked them with the knife. Thereby legitimizing his shooting him. Except that the body cam of one of them rec- recorded it. Years, no, now listen, years later, that body camera re- recorder was released. I was shown that this boy did not attack anybody with any knife. This man shot him virtually lying down till he killed him. If you're talking about corruption, forget it. Corruption did there. Yet all the policemen gathered and wrote a report. All of them were fired years later for that report. Now this is recent time. They've been getting away with it for decades. Yet the country developed, became the most powerful nation on this earth. Let me tell you something. Corruption is not the reason why Nigeria is not developed. Or African countries. It's a curse. I'm tell- Did you hear what I said? God, has, God just said, no development for you. <laughs> why? It's what the discussion should be. It's not, don't, all the explanations they give is not the reason. Do you know why countries develop? God dashed it to them. You know why they don't? God says no. You know the hope for the country you are living in? You. He said, arise shine. It's when you arise and you, you provoke the blessing of God upon the land. I hope you are getting my point here. What am I emphasizing? So when God is blessing people, it's very possible for us to think what he's using to bless is God. You know how to read. You read from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. and you remember everything. 
Or in asking those who fail, he says, because they don't know how to read. God is saying, no problem. I think I should fail you one of these days. The Lord will say, no, for Allah. let me just fail you one of these days. Maybe you will get the point. He said, you know how to read, you don't know how to read. Okay, who taught you to read? Do you realize that nobody did? So, I put a gift of sit down and read inside you. Do you know whether I refuse to put the gift in somebody else? That is why you are, Bible says, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom. The strong man must never boast of his strength. The rich man don't ever boast of your riches. Like I say all the time, you don't, look, Dangote cannot tell you he knows how to make money. Steve Jobs said, no one can rightfully, he said, no one can connect the dots, the dots looking forward. He said, we can only connect the dots looking backwards. He said, so when you start in life, just believe in something. That's what he said. He said, maybe it's in karma, it's in God, anything you want to call it. He said, but you have to have faith in something beyond yourself. Because this life, Steve Jobs found out, was not dependent on him. This is a man the tech world almost worship, as if he knows how to do things. The man says, listen guys, it's only when we have done it, we look back, we saw it was done. When we were starting, we were not sure it would work. Harrison Ford, after I made it, became very successful in the movie industry. He said, no one can rightfully claim credit for anything. He said, there is luck and there is grace. That's what he said. He said, no one can rightfully claim credit for anything. Harrison Ford made it in the movie business after he gave up. Did you hear what I said? He tried to act. So this is where the action is. He tried, tried. Frustration. But one way you can make money there is learn carpentry and start making sets. So he went and learned carpentry and started making sets. So the job they used to give him is, okay, this is, this is the design. Go and make it. So he started building stage, building homes, building things for them to use to shoot. So his job in Hollywood was carpentry work. They wanted, they wanted to do the Indiana Jones series. They said, this man will fit. They called him. He did Indiana Jones. And the thing hit. They started doing one movie after another. Air Force One. Like that, like that. Now became a big man. Most actors hit it when they are young. He hit his own. Maybe in his 50s. So he said, no one can rightfully claim credit for anything. There is luck. And there is grace. Basically what he said, look, whatever I am today, <laughs> it's not my strength. So God said, thou shalt remember. It is the Lord thy God. That's giving you the power to create wealth. Nebuchadnezzar. He looked at everything. Like I said, the divine intervention is so simple. You will think you know how to do it. So he looked and said, look at how Babylon has become great. I built it with the strength of my might. I had the sense. Superior intelligence. I knew how to choose my soldiers, my generals. I knew how to plot, how to plan. How to, how to, how to, how to, how to. God said, eh? Is that so? Alright, no problem. Um, somebody, you know, there are some evil spirits hanging around heaven. There are plenty. They know job they did. They know where the jobs are. They know that there will be work. There are too many crazy people on this earth. God has to punish people periodically. So they hang around the judgment throne. When they say, who will entice Ahab to go to Ramos Gilead that he might perish there? These priests are always near to here. Isa. 
This was a demon speaking. He said, Isa, the Lord said, what do you want to do? He said, I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. God said, done, go. So that one, God looked and said, what do we do to Nebuchadnezzar? One demon said, Isa, I decrease people. <laughs> God said, no problem. Go and have fun with the man. Let me assure you of one thing. Nebuchadnezzar was aware of his madness, but he couldn't control himself. That is, you wake up in the morning and say, what is wrong with me? Why am I behaving like this? And as soon as the sun shines on him, the demon is activated. Wah! That's it. Ah! 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 I hope you're getting my point here. Seven seasons, I don't know whether it's seven years, but for seven seasons, the man was thoroughly mental. Then the Lord said to the spirit, it is enough. The spirit said, man, that was fun. <laughs> and he left. Nebuchadnezzar's eyes cleared. But like I always say, that's not the glory. That's not the glory. That was demonic activity. The real glory of God, the real glory of God was that while he was gone, Babylon increased and waxed stronger. The real glory of God was when he returned to his sane mind, his princes sought him out and restored him as king. And the man realized that being a king is a gift of God. After that, the man worshipped. You never thought about it. He opened the door for you in heaven one day. Oh, you never thought about it? Go and read it. He died a worshipper of the true God. He was not a madman. No. Oh, you never thought about it? Nebuchadnezzar. With everything, by the time the man died, he was worshipping. I'm sure he's sitting in a position, I don't know where Solomon did, but let's assume they did it together. Solomon is sweeping his gate. Go and read it. That's what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Because God helped him to see that you didn't build Babylon. I built Babylon. Daniel showed it to him. Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, you are the head of gold. He now showed him the kingdoms that will come after. I hope you're getting my point here. And he let them know that the Greek empire will arise one day. And when the Greek empire arose, they showed Alexander the Great as he was charging. They called him the goat. As he was charging. That use your charge. Look at the way you charge from here. Charge here. Charge the king of this. Charge this one. A man called Daniel, he wrote everything down long before you were born. Ah! Alexander read it. He said, what? Where did he come from? Jerusalem. He said, don't touch that city. I hope you're getting my point. Who is the provider? It's not your degree, not your qualification. Like I say all the time, educate your children. Do you know why? Education is good. It does not guarantee success for anybody. It does not. Education is good because you have... Education is, is learning life. You know what I mean? You have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to relate to people. If God gives you an assignment... I mean, imagine if I was here. How would I read my Bible if I, would, I wasn't educated? How would I communicate with you? A lot of things I use to illustrate my preaching is from things I have learned. Both from my natural profession and from all the books I have consumed and from things I have watched on TV... Life, things in life, in life I've seen, things I've heard from radio, all kinds of things put together helps me to communicate. That is what education is all about. The founding fathers of America said education must be compulsory because without it, people cannot be governed. That uneducated people are difficult 
impossible to govern. You can't reason with them. So they say in this country, everybody must read. Everybody must write. No matter what it takes, you must go to school. And in certain, city, in certain states, you're not even allowed to come to school until you could read and write. It's not funny. In certain city states in America those days, you were not allowed to come to school until you had learned to read and you had learned to write. Do you know why? That's the job of your father and the job of your mother. You don't give it to the state. So a, you can count A, B, C to whatever. You can do basic arithmetic. You can read. You can write. You can do basic things. Then you go and start school. So education is good. Is that a source of prosperity? My people, no. He went to my father-in-law's village. He was opening his very beautiful, massive house in his village. This was some years ago, a few years ago, not too many years ago. Maybe like, how many years ago? Was it three, four? Yes. What about? I can enter the room my wife and I were staying. He said, Daddy, how come there are so many chandeliers in this house? I said, my, my son, it's called prosperity. I said, your grandfather, he does... There's nothing he's doing with money, so he said, let him build a house in the village. So he said, hmm, how do I find prosperity? I said, it's very simple. You want it, he said, I said, kneel down here. So the boy knelt down. I said, say after me. Oh Lord, oh, that you will bless me indeed and make my name great and expand my coast and keep me from harm that it will not come upon me. In Jesus' name, amen. I said, get up. I said, you just found it. See how easy it is? I said, now go. Go and learn. I said, go and read your book and learn how to do righteousness. Listen, that is the, assignment, that is the only thing I have to teach everybody. Read your book and learn how to do what? Righteousness. I don't care what you want to study. Don't say, this is, this, if I study this course, I will prosper. Listen, let me tell you today. If you think like that, poverty. When, when they are giving you a certificate, Poverty will join your visit to sign. That is. I know what I'm telling you. So don't think like that. If I study this course, I will prosper. Let me tell you something. When you're a Christian, God has done this to me. When you're a Christian, he frustrates anything you put in front of you that competes with him. Did you hear what I said? If you're not a believer, you are, you are safe. You will enjoy your common sense. You will enjoy the strength of your mind. You will enjoy the glory of your majesty until you finally enter the gutter and perish. Are you getting my point? Good. But, when you are a believer, he won't let you go that far. If you say, what is in this step, Seth? I can run down it. Do you know how strong I am? Just before you read the last one, you will miss one step. You fall inside the gutter, break a leg, two weeks in hospital. He said, Lord, why? He said, next time, you don't brag in your own strength while I'm hearing. And he said, I always hear, you will never do it. Even if you are dreaming, don't. When you say, can you go down the steps? Say, we thank God. We can. You sure? <laughs> the Lord is good. Let's try. Are you sure? Grace is with me. God said, good. You will go down the steps. You will come up the steps. When you want to fall, an angel will lift you up and drop you gently. When you read the floor, you say, wow, did I not tell you? Father, I thank you. God said, good boy. Good girl. I like this guy. Make him fly. That is, I'm not joking. As simple as going down these steps is what I'm talking about. As simple as going down these steps. A man called me the other day. Hey, yesterday, my phone rang. 
He says, Doctor, sorry I have not called you since. I said, What is it? I said, Okay, it's all right, no problem. He said, You know, I have not called you. He said, The last time I saw you, as soon as I got to the office, I was electrocuted. I said, What did you say? He said, I went and touched, I heard an Amot cable. He said, Doctor, I had to cut off my finger. Ah. He said, I woke up two days later. And I spent six weeks in hospital. I, I, I thought the man was joking. But why would he be lying? He's not owing me money, nothing. In fact, he called to tell me thank you for a favor I did for him. So he's just apologizing why he has not called since to say thank you. I say, ye. Now, so human they take that. That is, enter their control room. He didn't know when they laid a hand on a live armored cable. And the thing was killing him, he was there alone. Oh, I forgot to tell you that part. You know how God saved his life? One of his colleagues said, This man entered this place, he hasn't come out. He said, Well, what did they do for that? He saw the man. <laughs> By that time, he had fallen down. He was unconscious. He said, Two days later was when he woke up. I said, This life. They did not kidnap him. Nobody shot at him. He went to his own office. Bros, any day you wake up. And you go back home safe. Just thank the Lord. If you invest 10 naira, it became 20 naira. Honestly, cut a bit of it and God used to do thanksgiving. Dash somebody money. Say, chop this money. Why are you giving me? Just to show that it's not me. Let's rest our feet. And worship the true father. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah, he's the true father. That's who he is. When they say, our father, who art in heaven, you are getting the point now. That is why, <laughs> one of the things, between my mom and my wife and her mom, they taught the children, what do we say? Thank you, Jesus. If they finish eating in the house, wow, that was good. My wife will say, what do you say? What do we say? All of them know it. They will say, thank you, Jesus. We travel, we get down home. What do we say? Thank you, Jesus. They go to school in the morning. They come back in the evening. What do we say? Thank you, Jesus. They do exams. They've been reading and reading. Finally, when, for example, finished after two weeks, their mother will say to them, What do we say? They will say, Thank you, Jesus. Richard called the other day because he traveled. He, was, he said he was ill. You know, he had a fever and all of that. So when he was, he was, talking, to, he was talking to his mother, he said, How are you now? He said, I'm, 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 How did he say it again? I'm up and what? So I'm up and running. <laughs> so I'm up and running. The mother says, so what do we say? Thank you, Jesus. You don't just up and run like that. By strength shall no man prevail. By strength shall no man prevail. It's only God that helps us prevail. Now let me say another thing to you. God will continue to keep you safe. Amen. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's important to understand that. That's why we read Psalm 23. You will fear no evil. Because many times we hear so much evil going on, we think we are kept safe by chance. I like to give the testimony of my brother. And they heard that war was going to break out. And he was in the middle of everything. He said fear gripped him and he went to his house to pray. And he felt somebody was there with him. And he opened his eyes. And he saw one black guy like this. He said the guy's head literally touched the ceiling. Folded his two hands and blocked the door. The guy just leaned against the door and was smiling. He said, it looked like, he was asked, who are you? 
Then suddenly his spirit said, that's your guardian angel. He said, the peace he could not understand fell upon him. Are you, I hope you're getting my point. You are not protected by chance. It is not because you're inside your house. That's why you are safe. Dana flights a few years ago from Abuja to Lagos. If you remember, it crashed. There was this family that God said, let me preserve the children. So the mother sent one of the boys. Go and buy me something. So as he was going to say, let your two siblings follow you. So the two siblings went out to go and buy something from their, for their parents. And the plane dropped on their house and killed everybody inside. You don't remember the story? So the ones who were on the road were safe. The ones inside the house, they died. So that's why David said, do I walk the valley of the shadow of death? I fear no evil. For the Lord is with me. That is what is safety is the presence of God, not the absence of danger. Let me say it to you again. Though you drive through the highway of headsmen on the left and kidnappers on the right, you will fear no evil. Amen. For the Lord will be with you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Though you pass through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Amen. The Lord of safety will surround you like a shield. Amen. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so does the Lord surround you. Amen. I declare to you that you are surrounded. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Who is your provider? Not your job. Say, my father who is in heaven. Who is your provider? Who is your keeper? Who is your helper? Who is your financier? The helper of Israel does not sleep. He does not slumber. Your keeper will not sleep. In the name of Jesus Christ. No matter the dangers out there, safety is your portion. No matter the economic hardship out there, supplies is your portion. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say after me again, say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Say it again, my father is my shepherd. I will not lack. Say, lack is not my portion. Say it, I thank God for my office. I thank God for my business. I thank God for my parents, for those who are you. All of us say it together. I thank God for my parents. Of course, I'm just talking about where God is supplying through. I thank God for the scholarship board. Say it together. I thank God for the scholarship board. Say, but my help is from the Lord. 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 Is my helper. He's my keeper. Listen, if you need... Let me say something again. You know, I say it all the time. The simplicity of divine intervention often confuses people. There are things you are supposed to do if you are doing business. For example, it is right for you to inform people so that they will be aware of what you offer. But advertising does not make business. So, I hope you are getting my point. So don't kill yourself with advertisement. Go and borrow money from banks. If we can only advertise... There was one bank in Nigeria that time they collapsed. Somebody said part of the problem was advertising on CNN. It was raised up against them that they spent insane amount of money on advertising on CNN. So all the excuses you have been given for why things are not working is a sign that you don't realize who's on the throne. 
if you want customers, listen to me. Every customer in the morning, the angels wake them up. Say, you, go there. Go and buy. Spend 15000 You, do, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. That's how it works. You know, when Samuel, alright, when he saw Saul, God, and this was the man I told I was sent to you. Saul did not hear any voice. Saul got lost. You understand my point? It, some things were missing. He was looking for what was missing. He just randomly found himself with Samuel. Because his, fa- his father's servant said, let us go. Yet God said to Samuel, this was a young man I told you I will send to you. He said, now he's about to come. You will tell him this when you see him. Every blessing is commanded by God. Listen, if I'm going to live in this hall now, and you come and dash me 200 naira, how much did I say? 200 naira. Now let me tell you the truth. That's not a lot of money. Relative to the amount of money I spend regularly, or I have, or that's available to me. Let's be like that. It's not a lot of money. If I tell my wife, come, let me buy you ice cream. I know how much it is. In fact, just let's go and buy the ice cream when we are living here. Don't follow her. Just my wife. <laughs> I know how much they sell it. So 200 naira is not huge. That's the point I'm trying to make. But do you know what? I always tell God, thank you. Because I don't consider it a game of chance. I always tell the Lord, thank you. And many times I remember to quote a scripture. You are causing prosperity to flow towards me like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. And it is 200 naira. Physically, I may rejoice more over a million than I do over 200 naira. But you know what? I utter the same words. I'm not lying to you. I utter exactly the same words. The flesh, remember what I said? That it is not really what you are thinking. It's what you really do. The flesh may be like, ah, wow, baby. Talking to my wife. Come on, see money. Yeah. I want our flesh. But this prayer is the same. Father, thank you. For you are causing prosperity to flow towards me like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. I was in Benin the other day. A young man dashed me 500 naira. And I said, this one is an offering. Do you understand? I, I saw it almost. I could see the sheep being slaughtered. <laughs> so one of our brothers, I called him. I said, but what are you doing? I said, let's go and, send, let's go and spend the sacrifice. The young man was so excited. Young student. He did it in his pocket. The biggest note he had was 500 naira. He says, sir, you have so touched my life, I can't just let you pass like that. He dashed me 500. After he grabbed me, it was just 500 naira. But I told him, brother, I said, come, let's go and spend. This money is, is, is a sacrifice. We were looking for where to spend it, but there was nowhere to spend it. So I said, oh, boy, you have labored with us in this work. Take this 500 naira. Go and spend it. And he understood. He kept it very well. The man I gave 500 naira to, if he wants to give him an offering, it's 1 million naira. So you can say, <laughs> I said, you take this one. You go and eat it. It's an offering. If you see the way we, we, we played with that 500 naira, you will think that, because for me, it's not a joke. It's, it was commanded. I hope you're getting my point. If you're in your office too, eh? every one of your customers was sent by God. They are not games of chance. Treat them like somebody sent. If you want more, pray. And don't be angry with your neighbor. Ah, I didn't 
come to the office on time today. This guy got that customer. They start fighting your wife. That is the problem. I tell you to dress up on time. You won't dress up on time. You won't prevent me from entering my destiny. Look at that customer has gone now. That's how some people quarrel. Because their wife, of course, did not get ready on time. But like, like they always say, how will she get ready on time? Who bathed the children? Nah, she. Although, forget the children. Let's not just sit down. Sometimes the makeup takes too long. You know, for, for a man to dress up, just wear the shirt. Do it more than wear the shirt. Just wear the shirt. But when women finish wearing the shirt, you will begin to arrange everything. Decide, am I using my real hair or a fake one? They say, okay, let's use the real one. Okay, well, isn't the real one? Then go to the front of the mirror. Begin rub this, rub that, rub that, arrange, arrange, put this one, come out, come back. Well, all the bubbles we just do is just brush the hair like this. But that is why the women, the Lord is good. <laughs> you start blaming the woman. Let me just tell you something. Alright? Her taking time to do her hair did not stop your customer from coming. Every blessing is commanded. A man can receive nothing except it is given to him from above. You know, you are not the only one that God wants to bless. Your neighbor too must eat. Are you the one that will pay his children's school fees? Why won't he get business too? We we'll behave as if we plan to pay everybody's school fees. That's it. Now you rejoice with the man. Ah, I heard that man, you got a job, 15 million or more. Say, we thank God. Say, I thank God for your life. Oh. I thank God for your life. And you're not joking. You mean it. Your own will come. And let me prophesy to you. Your own is coming. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The Lord is the supplier. Amen. No nation is the supplier. Amen. No contractor is the supplier. Amen. No boss is the supplier. Amen. No economy is the supplier. Amen. The Lord is your shepherd. Amen. And you will not lack anything. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you believe what I have said, just put up your hands and thank God from your heart. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. And declare it again. Do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. Do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. Do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. Father, you are with me. I call you Father. And no one else. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Open to page 11. You will see the way we do our closing incantation, which we call sharing the grace. The last page inside. Alright? For those who are coming for the first and the rest of us, we are used to it. As as children of God, we all belong to a a cult. What's the name of the cult? One word. One word. What's the name of our cult? Open to everybody, true or false? How do they enter? They believe. Now, when we say call, we don't mean that we meet in the dark. No. What we just mean is that we control spiritual power. And we also eat flesh, don't we? And we drink blood. And the blood we drink is the best blood to drink. And what blood is that? The blood of Christ. The pure blood of Christ. Anytime we participate in communion, that's drinking of blood now. So we say, this one is a wish, he's drinking blood. Come on, leave it. You must drink blood in this life. She be feeling sorry for her. I say, Madam, I hear you are a witch and you are drinking sinner's blood. Now, wow. That's why the witches die. Sinner's blood. You know why we live? Because life is in Christ. 
If we drink of his blood, his life works in us. Listen to me, everybody here. The life of Christ drives away every disease in your body. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's it. That's why we drink blood, but the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And every cult has its own incantations. And what's our Bible? The book of the incantations of the Lord. Are we ready? Now let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. We are givers, amen? So let's give to three people around us. Say, this is your season. Multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus. Two more people. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation.